Hey, everybody. It's Pastor Josh. This week's gospel reading is all about Jesus being tempted in the wilderness. So I spent some time this week thinking about how we're tempted as people and how we're tempted as a church, and as you'll soon hear, thinking about my ridiculous, embarrassing road rage. If you feel like you're in the midst of temptation or in the wilderness right now, please remember you're not alone. We're here if you need someone to pray with, to talk to, someone to listen Please reach out uh, and remember that you too are loved. A reading from the book of Matthew. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted forty days and forty nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to Jesus, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took Jesus to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, then throw yourself down. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain. And he showed Jesus all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to Jesus, All of these I will give you, if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan! For it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. And then the devil left him. And suddenly angels came and waited on him. On Tuesday, Annie and I were picking up Penny from daycare over by St. Peter Marion. We were, uh, we were at an intersection, and we wanted to go straight through this intersection, but the traffic in front of us didn't have a stop sign, right? So we were waiting, because they were going in front of us. And while we were waiting, this pickup truck pulled up across the intersection facing us with no turn signal on. We finally got a gap big enough in traffic to cross the intersection, and I'm driving across, but apparently this truck was turning left, and he ignored us, and he just almost nailed us. Even after he saw us, the guy kept coming, and I thought for sure he was just going to hit us. And now we're next to this guy, and I look over at him, and he's flipping me the bird and screaming at me. And all of a sudden, I just felt this rage. So I stop in the middle of the intersection, and I roll down my window and try to rationally explain to this guy that that his turn signal wasn't on, so no one knew what he was doing, which is a very Josh Ferris thing to do, by the way. Thinking that in the middle of road rage, that pointing out to someone that they were entirely wrong is going to somehow calm things down. But I was so mad. This guy rolls down his window and he starts screaming words that begin with the letter F at me in front of my daughter. And at this point, there are cars beeping because I'm blocking the intersection, but all I want to do what I'm tempted to do, what I really want to do is to get out of my car and, and I don't even know what, I mean, look at me. <laughs> I drove away seething. 
the whole way home, I didn't pay attention to the conversation happening in the car. I was just fighting the urge, the temptation to find that guy, to track him down, to follow him, and, and do something. Penny, it turns out, was just excited to tell her teacher about the man we met in that car with his windows rolled <laughs> Sometimes temptation is like a fire inside of us, burning hot and hard to resist. Other times temptation is, is like this cold, gnawing hunger that won't go away, that just sits inside of us and seems to get stronger with time. And whether it's the temptation to, to cut someone with our words, or to pick up the bottle, or to visit that website again, or to pass on the gossip, or to be a bully or to cheat on that test we're not ready for, whatever it is, we all experience temptation. Which is part of the reason I'm so grateful for this story we heard this morning about Jesus being tempted in the wilderness. It's encouraging to know that even Jesus, Jesus was tempted. Because I think most of us feel guilty when we face temptation. But being tempted is not a sin or a sign of weakness. It's a part of being human. What matters is what we do with temptation, how we respond to it. We can find hope and strength in the fact that Jesus knows what it's like to feel temptation, that he was able to resist, that he's given us his spirit to help give us strength and courage whenever we face temptations and trials in our lives. For Jesus, this time of temptation came after he had been in the wilderness for a while, fasting, not eating. So by the time Satan showed up, Jesus was hungry. Temptation often shows up when we feel especially weak or vulnerable, like when, like when we're hungry or lonely or tired or angry like I was Tuesday in the car. So one of the best ways to resist temptation in our lives is just to take care of ourselves physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. At first glance, it's hard to understand why these temptations that Jesus faced were such a big deal. I mean, the last one is easy to understand. Of course, Jesus shouldn't worship Satan. But that first temptation, Jesus, if If you're the son of God, then turn these stones into bread. It's harder to understand what's wrong with that. Jesus is hungry. And later, he's going to multiply loaves and fishes to feed all sorts of people. So what's what's the big deal? And, And why not show God's power by jumping off a high building and being rescued? That could help prove that God is real. And later, Jesus is going to show God's power through all sorts of miracles, casting out demons and, and healing people and, and raising the dead. So what, what's the problem? The problem isn't these temptations themselves, but rather what they stand for. This isn't just about food or miracles or power. This is about who Jesus is and what he came to do. See, when the devil says to Jesus, if you are the son of God, he's not expressing any doubt about who Jesus is. He knows who Jesus is, and he knows where all of this is headed. It's headed to the cross. All of this is moving towards Jesus dying and rising again to defeat Satan, to defeat evil, to defeat death. Jesus has come 
to save humanity by suffering and dying. And Satan wants to see if he can knock Jesus off course, if he can distract Jesus, lure him away to something else. In fact, one of the last things Jesus would hear as he hung on the cross was people mocking him by saying, if you are the Son of God, then come down from the cross. The way of Jesus is the way of the cross. Self-emptying, self-sacrificing love. Satan wants to see if he can get Jesus to turn aside, to abandon his mission, to not go through with all of it. And so Satan offers Jesus a different vision of how things could be. You are the son of God, he says. So, so why not use a little bit of that power for yourself, huh? For your own gain. Just, just turn these stones into bread. You can be that kind of king if you want, that kind of God. Show off your power. You can rule these people. You could have wealth and comfort and everything you want. You, you don't have to suffer and die. These temptations are about whether Jesus is going to live out his identity or settle for less. Whether Jesus is going to fulfill his mission or settle for less. That's the same question we face whenever we're experiencing temptation. Are we going to live out our identity as God's children or are we going to settle for less? It's the same question we face as a church. Are we going to live out our identity as Christ's body? Are we going to fulfill our God-given mission or are we going to settle for less? The temptations we face are always, always about us. Our wants, our desires, our fears, our insecurities. Temptation always pulls us towards being selfish. That's why you never hear anyone say, you know, I felt so tempted to give a bunch of my money to the poor, but thank God I was able to resist that. I was, I was so tempted to serve at the food pantry last week, but then I thought to myself, no, no, not today, Satan. <laughs> Temptation's always about us and not the needs and the well-being of others. And that's why Jesus didn't turn stones into bread for himself, but he was more than willing to multiply food to feed others. It's why he didn't show God's power for his own benefit, but constantly performed miracles that brought healing and life and wholeness to others. Jesus refused to use his power for his own gain or benefit because the way of Jesus is the way of the cross. It's using and even surrendering your power for the sake of others. And if temptation is about putting ourselves first, about pulling us towards selfishness, then the way of Jesus is all about putting others first and pulling us towards selflessness. As a church, we are besieged by temptation. And I don't just mean our congregation, but the whole church. The greatest temptation that we face is not to become evil people who do some sort of horrific acts. Our greatest temptation as a church is to be self-absorbed, self-obsessed, to think about ourselves first and foremost and forever, always looking inward, to become consumed 
by our cares and concerns and well-being, to never leave our comfort zones, to never be challenged, to never do much at all. The forces of evil in this world win, not by tempting us to do horrible things, but by keeping us from doing things that truly matter. We all know that the church doesn't have as much power as it used to and that fewer people are participating in church. And it's natural to think about the past as some sort of of golden age, though to be honest, the church has always had plenty of problems. But the temptation is for us to live in the past, to always long for the past, to get stuck in nostalgia, to cling to our past traditions so rigidly that we refuse to ever change or adapt. And when we do this, we're not living out our mission. Because every time we argue that things must remain the way they've always been, every time we lament the present by constantly comparing it to how things used to be, every moment we count our woes and long to return to former days, every moment that we try to live in the past keeps us looking at ourselves. And that keeps us from looking at opportunities to share Jesus with people in new ways, to serve the world that's around us right now, the dream of where God's calling us in the future. The forces of evil in this world win, not by tempting us to do horrible things but by keeping us focused on ourselves. And by continuing to tell us that there's a way of following Jesus that doesn't involve the cross, doesn't involve sacrifice, doesn't cost us anything or ask anything of us until we just finally give in to the temptation to never get outside of our comfort zones, to never let faith challenge or change us, or our opinions, or our worldview, because that's uncomfortable. To send money to problems, rather than serving people face to face, because that's uncomfortable. To not stand with people who are marginalized and oppressed. To not stand with the immigrants and the refugees of this world, because it might cost us something, or offend someone, and that will be uncomfortable. I mean, I feel this temptation as a pastor. Every time I write a sermon to soften every single word until no one is ever challenged or changed in ways that might upset or bother them because that would make me uncomfortable. But that's not living out our mission. Every time we prioritize our comforts, it becomes more important than sharing God's love or meeting the needs of our neighbors and the forces of evil in this world win, not by tempting us to do horrible things, but by keeping us focused on ourselves. And that, that is a trick that Jesus refused to fall for. This morning we see that nothing, nothing will keep Jesus from loving us. He refused to be knocked off course. He refused to be distracted from his mission. He refused to settle for being anything less than the Savior this world needs, the Savior that we need. The path that led to Easter had to go through Good Friday, and it began here in the wilderness where Jesus rejected temptation 
and embraced the cross, forsaking every comfort, emptying himself of all power, sacrificing his own well-being and even his life so that we could know and experience God's love and grace and forgiveness for ourselves. So in moments of temptation, may we live out our identity as God's children. May we live out our purpose together as Christ's body. May we refuse to be distracted and settle for anything less. Amen.